Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Everybody, welcome to the Rooted Deep podcast. My name is Reba Bowman. This is Allison Hale, and we are excited to have you with us today as we continue our conversation through the decades. It's been fun. It has been fun, and it's been so interesting just listening to all of these different women and their perspectives and where they are right now. And so, hopefully, and yeah. we would love to hear back from anybody if you've got, hey, I didn't know this was going to come up or this is happening. Yeah. And so, I've enjoyed. We would love to hear from from those out there because I certainly have gotten a wonderful new perspective um, from talking to some of these women. Yeah, it's just been fantastic. I, I think, you know, hearing the the perspective of life on the other, the, the past for me, the 20s and right. the 30s yeah. and the 40s, you know, it, that's been good to see how life has changed yeah. uh, since I was in those slots. And then now I'm really excited today to begin uh, as we're talking to women who are in front of me, uh, because yeah. I know there's a lot of things I really can learn Right. from them. So I'm excited to get both perspectives. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the uh, conversation pieces that we always have is, do we have friends in different decades and asking yeah. the different women? And um, the, the woman that we're talking to today, uh, Ruth Hess, is a good friend of mine, even though she's just a teeny bit older than me. Um, but she and I met and just became uh, friends immediately. She's one of those people that uh, she's very outgoing. She's friendly to everybody. She has the gift of hospitality. Mm. Uh, and she's just, and I, she's got a little bit of connection to England. So, you know, that that's always oh, oh, my favorite there thing. We go. There, there we go. We that's, go. that's the real <laughs> kicker for me. And so she was like the embodiment of the queen over here in America for me. Oh, and so anyway, I just, I, I learned so much from her, uh, when, when I was, uh, visiting and recruiting teachers at Cedarville, we would always mm-hmm. sit down and she and her husband both, uh, were both in the education department at Cedarville, teaching the teachers. And I was so, I was always inspired and then encouraged when we began uh, and founded the, the Las Palmas Christian School down here. John and Ruth Hess were such a, a wonderful blessing in those early, in those early uh, years, doing some workshops with our teachers. And so I am so thankful. It's a very long introduction, but I'm so thankful to have Ruth. Ruth, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Well, to thank you. This is fun. Good. And so just, uh, well, let's just jump in. Just tell yeah. us a little bit about y- who you are and where you are, um, where you are in your, in your ministry and in your family life right now. Okay, great. Well, uh, to start with, I was born at the end of World War II. So you can figure I'm close to 80 now. And our family migrated to the emigrated to the United States. So I was born in Canada. And I grew up in a pastor's home. So I was very strong-willed. Allie, I'm sure you can identify with that. Yes, she can identify. Yes, she can. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I didn't live the lily-white perfect life that uh, pastor's kids should live. But I did get saved when I was uh, in third grade. I've done many things along the way that I am not proud of. And, uh, but I never, I never, God never let go of me, I should Mm -hmm. say. My faithful parents uh, sent me to a Christian college, which I did not want to go to. That's how I ended up at Cedarville. And little did I ever know I'd end up being a professor there. Mm -hmm. So I met my husband there, John, and we had two sons. And we lived our uh, entire married life until recent years in that area, raising our kids. Mm, that's fantastic. 
So what was one of the things that you enjoyed of just your teaching career and, uh, and being a professor? I, I love some of the stories that you had just teaching those teachers. And, and what, was, what was your favorite aspect of that part? Oh, my gosh. My favorite aspect actually was mentoring the teachers in my office. Uh, forget the lectures in the classroom and the assignments. Forget all that. But once you get them one-on-one or two-on-two in, the, in your office and can really, or in your home, sit down yeah. over a hot cup of tea and all kinds of things spill out. Yeah. So I think that was probably my favorite a part of, I was at Cedarville for 13 years. Prior to that, I was in public school education for 18 years. And uh, that was not quite as warm and fuzzy. I taught eight, I taught eighth grade. Eighth grade. And uh, yeah, it was a task, but I loved it. I still loved it. I yeah. loved all the challenges, but God was, took me to Cedarville. Uh, and I ended my teaching career there. And it was a true blessing. Mm. That's and so cool. you and you have just mentioned where you are now because you've just you've in the last few years you guys have made a made a little bit of a change in venue right. and in location. Yeah, we moved to Florida. We retired. Both of us retired from teaching, and uh, we took care of my mom for several years until she passed. And then uh, we moved here seven years ago. Almost seven years to the day, we moved to Florida. To uh, uh, somebody said, "Well, people go to Florida to die," and oh. I said, "Well, that's not my intention. I'm here to live, and I'm here to live for Jesus and encourage other people." So we have enjoyed, just enjoyed our whole time here, and we're in the villages, and uh, it's been a wonderful blessing. I think um, one of the most difficult things of retiring. And uh, from teaching and mentoring was to know that this was a decade of change for me. Uh, Everything changes when you retire. And all of a sudden, you're not who you were before. And you have to form a new identity for yourself. Fortunately for me, God has always given me uh, blessed friends. And uh, I've been able to establish new ways to minister through his grace. So moving here then, we were surrounded by people, as you call it, of our decade. (laughs) Sure. Everyone here is old. (laughs) And people age in different ways. And that's been very challenging to be a voice of reason, to be a voice of wisdom to people your own age. But God has given us uh, new ways to minister. Did you see the men that I showed you in the before we got online there's a there's a men's bible study going on in our living room right Mm. now so as soon as we moved in here we knew nobody okay we just moved in bought a house moved in to a beautiful neighborhood and uh so once i got used to our reduction in income (laughs) sure we looked for ways to to minister how god now do you want to use us because prior to that we had both been teaching, John had been coaching, and uh, I'd been mentoring, had lots of friends back in Ohio. and uh, But during this time, I'll tell you, gals, God has taught us how to move from self-sufficiency, because we always did everything thinking we were doing the right thing, and we were good at what we were doing. We took pride in that. 
to a time of confidence, increased confidence in Almighty God, El Shaddai. We began to realize as we grew older and moved away from everything we'd ever known that our confidence had to be in Him. And we started uh, more personal mentoring. We just started inviting people over. I can't express to you the joy found in hospitality. People think it's a gift. It is not a gift. It's an instruction from the word of God. Be hospitable. And, And people don't know that. People don't ever practice it. So we began to be more intentional down here. First came our neighbors. They didn't know what hit them. Oh, you're having us over for dinner and whatever. So we refocused our ministry, our lifestyle. Everything was unstructured now. And that was a negative, that unstructured time. Because what happens when you're unstructured? You waste time. So I didn't mean to be giving you such a long response. But anyway, that's what's great. We've been here. And God has moved in miraculous ways. He really has. We ha- Our home is filled with people all the time. Um, Mondays, Thursdays, we have Bible studies. Uh, we have luncheons. And, well, Allie, you just saw my tea pictures. I did, yes, I would did. You, I was- would you believe I did not know one of those women? No. No, I've never, I'd never met them until that day. And so um, I try and really... Um, do a job of great excellence to honor God. And it's my way of showing other people, this is what a Christian looks like. Mm-hmm. You can be, you can be old. I'm gosh, I'm three years away from 80. You can be this age and not have the ability to do everything you used to do, but you can show people, this is what a Christian home looks like. Yeah. And before we had tea, I shared Christ with them. Yeah. And Yeah, she just, um, Ruth just posted on Facebook a beautiful tea service and, uh, and friends had their hats on and, uh, and I was like, oh, that's, that's quintessential Ruth with the, with, like you said, instead of saying the gift of hospitality, it is a command. It is something that we all just, oh, I don't have the gift, so I'm not going to show love within my home. But that is exactly right. I'm so glad you brought that up. That was beautiful. That's so cool. So Ruth, let me ask you this. You know, you've just been kind of sharing with us. You've shared with us your age. So we know Mm -hmm. that you're closer to eight. You're in your (laughs) 70s, but you're getting, you're creeping into closer, getting into that end of your 70s. And you've talked about how it's been so different from one decade to the next as you've moved from teaching and fully engaged in that to more of a a new purpose in life. Uh, you know, I could say retired, but it, it, you just repurposed. And right. so tell us something is what is some things maybe that really surprised you about where you're at now in this stage that maybe you weren't expecting uh, back a decade ago? What are some things maybe that surprised you about where you sit right now? Uh, you know, that's a that's a funny question because I don't think anything surprised me. Okay. I, I knew I was going to have unstructured time. So that was probably the biggest maybe surprise, uh, how I would waste time mm. because it was so unstructured and how I had to repurpose my life. 
And by God's grace, we were able to do that as a couple. But but just the sheer waste of time, if you're not intentional about living your life, that's what happens. You can sit your you can sit and watch television, you can read, you can do any play cards, you can do any activity you want to do, uh, run around shopping all the time. That's how many people here, I notice, fill their unstructured time. And we were determined we're not wasting these years of our lives. So that was probably a big surprise for me. Cool. So, you know, now you're in your 70s. Well, I mean, I think I know what you're going to say to some of these things because you've kind of built up to us already. But what are some positives about where you're sitting right now in your life? Oh, my goodness. One of the positives was having a whole new uh, group of people. And mostly before we had we had uh, associated with many Christian people. And because we taught at Cedarville, that had made our world actually smaller uh, in those terms. So um, I had uh, had to establish new ways to minister, new friends. All the process that comes with moving was these were positive changes. And uh, I got to do more personal mentoring than I ever thought I would do because I was intentional about the first week we were here. I invited a neighbor over and to sit on the lanai with me and I wanted to hear her story. And so uh, those, that was hugely positive. And I realized that everybody wants to be heard. You could be 80, 90, that you want to be heard. And so you need people that will listen, not just tell their story. And then that refocusing our ministry was very positive. Of course, the weather here in Florida helped. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. That was, that was positive, too. That's positive. Yeah. Oh, man. So, well, right now you've, you do find yourself uh, surrounded by people of a similar age or within, within a similar um, uh, decade as your own, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit older. Um, but are you still able to connect with friends a decade behind? You probably have tons of friends a decade ahead. Um, but do you have some friends a decade behind and how are those, how are those, uh, conversations shaped? Um, it's probably changed you, you know, you used to be surrounded by college students, twenties, you know, twenties and 30 year olds with right. their, their mentor ministry. Right. So that has changed a little bit, but are you still able to, to connect with, with women, um, in, in a different age bracket? Right. Well, now the, the, uh, the age, uh, high end or I'm sorry, maybe it's low end, whatever. You have to be 55 to purchase a home here. So there's a whole group of 50s, uh, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds. And uh, so they're all around. And then my grandchildren moved here, my adult grandchildren. So they've brought another dimension in of Mm 25-year-olds, which has been positive. But uh, the other, the decade of my age and uh, maybe up to 50, this all around me. And uh, so my focus on the needs of others has really changed uh, because it's different now with that age group. Our social life has changed and we try and intermingle age groups all the time. So it's not just the oldies through our Bible studies. And honestly, I go back to listening you start listening again, and that really helps. And available to say yes to things and being more flexible in your time to do that. So our ministry goes way beyond, and I'll share with you as we go through some of the ways it's included younger people. So uh, 
that the decade. Yeah, because I would think that being a teacher uh, in a college setting, I know I, that's what I used to do before I started there mm-hmm. from work. I, I was in that setting. So one of the coolest things I still get to do is to hear from these students that were that have graduated. Now they're married. Now they've got kids now, you know, and they're just growing up and um, and sometimes being able to have a chance to have a conversation with them again at a new stage in their life as they're you know, whether they're saying, hey, coach, what do you think about this? Or whether they're saying, hey, you know, what what, where, where, what would you do? Or what would you think about this? Oh, so there's yeah. still those connections, I'm sure that you have uh, from all those years of teaching. A funny, funny story. Just the other day, I got a, got a message from uh, one of my former students, and she's been teaching now for 10 years. So, <laughs> but anyway, regardless, she had been to Disney World. And she was excited because she got to meet the fairy godmother, Cinderella's fairy godmother. <laughs> and she said, the whole time I stood there and talked to her, I thought I was talking to you, Mrs. Hess. <laughs> I thought that was so sweet. She said she was so precious. And that meant a lot to me. So I do hear from those kids all the time. And uh, sometimes they need a place to stay over spring break. <laughs> Right. In a safe place. <laughs> so, yeah, I do keep okay. up with all of those kids. So, so yeah. So yeah. just share a little bit more about that, that interaction with, you know, with those, with the younger people and, and the ways, even your, I mean, your adult grandchildren, I remember it was so important to you to bring them down on a missions trip Absolutely. and let them connect. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, and now I, I, I'm following them on Facebook and now they're just adults and, and big old people, you know, and you're so you're yeah. like surprised by the passage of time. But how are you able to continue um, to, you know, to minister to that age group and, and continue? Because you were such an amazing mentor. And uh, I just I really enjoyed it. So tell us a little bit more about about that. OK, well, don't you think to start out with, if you want to minister to younger younger people, even I'm going to say 40s and 50s are younger than That's I am. Us, yeah. Uh, and beyond, you know, younger than that, don't you think you have to think young? Mm. You can't stay. Now, I'm going to have to learn technology a whole heck of a lot better. Than <laughs> but I like the personal aspect. So I would say to people who my age who want to reach out and inject their lives with an infusion of joy and, and purpose is to be purposeful. Mm-hmm. Invite them into your life. and understand that you can learn from generations that that uh, you probably don't know well so there's a lot of learning that can be done and you need to intentionally place yourself in their lives so some of the ways I did that when we first moved here was I started uh I started working at a pregnancy center so I was a volunteer a volunteer counselor and I was there for two years, and I took uh, post-abortion counseling classes. And so that I was on a learning curve there. That was good for me. And I was around young women in sometimes very dire circumstances. Mm-hmm. So that was one way uh, I chose to do that. And it was a blessing to me. I think God wants us to not only be a blessing, but get a blessing from the work we do for him. And then uh, after that, I started, sub- I, I stopped doing that because it was draining, counseling those young ladies and 
a lot of times the, they didn't want to hear the message. And there were cases which I probably couldn't go into now, but were very difficult. So after two years, I decided to step away from that. And I uh, took, took a job as a volunteer at a thrift store. <laughs> That's my dream job. Oh, there we go. I was going to say, you've just gone into Allie's dream job right there. I love it. Let me tell you. So I've been doing that now for probably four years. and But also during this time, as soon as COVID struck, I started teaching at the high school. And they have a lovely private high charter high school here. And I started subbing there. And that put me right on the firing line with young kids. And boy, that was good for me. Mm-hmm. And I realized uh, once again, I had to move from my self-sufficiency to that confidence in God. He had to prepare me for every day and to, uh, to whatever would happen, which you never knew what was going to happen. Right. And to enjoy it. Show the kids that I wasn't going to make or break their education. I was just there to love them and to fill in for their teacher. And it took a lot of responsibility off my shoulders. But boy, that was a blessing. So I did that for over two years. And that was great. And so what am I doing now? Okay, so now I'm still at the thrift store. And I've started uh, Mom to Mom. That's a group of young moms uh, in our church. And uh, we have a church that actually has three campuses. And this is the main campus where uh, all the families go. And um, so I work with them every Wednesday. We do mom-to-mom work, and I do counseling with those women. Um, Open up my home for hospitality for them. And just share in their lives. Listen to them. Hear them. some of them bring their babies to our groups and they scream the whole time. <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh. So that's good for me to remember those times. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm still involved in speaking with women's groups. So that's good. That's how I, yeah. And the social aspect of it, that's how I stay in touch with the younger generation. And I don't ever want to lose that joy. So, mm. So let me, Ruth, let me ask you this. So let's just say there's a woman listening to this podcast right now. Maybe she's in her 60s. Maybe she's uh, she's kind of nearing that zone of coming into her 70s. And um, and what what advice, sitting where you're at right now in your in your mid to late 70s, what advice would you give to women that are coming behind you? as they're looking into becoming in their 70s, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, if they're, women are all the same, right? There's certain, there's certain qualities that women have that are pretty much the same. So I would say to them, if you want to be relevant in your generation, you need to be relevant to the generation that's coming up behind you. You need to reach out to them with purpose and with intention. You need to, uh, one of the things I'd written down that you spoke about or mentioned you'd speak about was conversation. How do you, a lot of people would not want to be around younger women because I don't know what what we'll talk about. I don't know uh, how I can treat them. Well, I would say we need to be transparent. And I would say that to older women, don't be afraid. Don't hold anything back. They have, you haven't done anything that they haven't thought of first. <laughs> so 
go ahead and be transparent with your life. Encourage these women. Can you imagine being a 20, 20 something, 30 something, growing up in this generation that we're living in now, the way we are, the way our world is? We've got to encourage these people, these young ladies. And another thing would be we've got to share skills that we have mm-hmm. that they may not know about. I mean, how many girls know how to roll a pie crust? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can bet if you're 70 years old, you know how. Yeah. So just sharing life skills that have long gone forgotten and the pride that they can take in learning that. And uh, then, of course, listening. We got to listen. I mentioned that when we first came down here, I had to listen to these women, but these younger women, they need to be listened to. Uh, Sharing your creativity. Now, everybody doesn't have creativity, but God gave me creativity. Allie, he gave you creativity. Reba, I don't know you, but I He did not give her that. No, she does not have it. (laughs) That's on the back burner. (laughs) Well, when we've got it, we've got to share it. Whatever he gave us, whatever we know, this is from God. I can't. So women need to get in touch with what was it that God gave me? Mm-hmm. What do what does he want me to use for him? And then, uh, of course, always, always sharing your faith in Christ. Right. Yeah, I don't care how you do it, but always here. And I, I tell everybody, you are here. You are here for a purpose. Yeah. You're down here in Florida for a purpose. I had to understand. God put me here. It wasn't. He put me with these neighbors. He put me with these people. Sometimes he directly put them, and sometimes through my seeing an opportunity that he opened my eyes to. Mm-hmm. And I'm right now I'm gesturing with my hands. You can't see <laughs> me, but I'm all over the place. Yeah. We are not in control. God put us here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we want to help others, we're going to look for that purpose, and we're going to find out what it is. And then we're going to, going to follow through on it. Now, tell us a little bit. I saw what you did with your um, your tea yesterday. So go into a little bit. I mean, okay, so you just walk up to somebody you don't know and you invited them to to a tea at your house or or how did that work? I think it was wonderful. Okay. It was beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to give you a couple examples on how that works for me. So on Sundays, we like to entertain at a Sunday brunch after church. So when we first started going to church, we didn't know anybody. We this is a great big church with 600 people. So we started inviting people over that we totally didn't know and said, here's our address. Do you want to come over for brunch today? Mm. And I'd already have something ready, like an egg casserole or waffles ready to go. And that's how we got started with it. And then uh, just a couple, oh gosh, a couple months ago, I started realizing this church is big. Nobody knows each other. This is crazy. We sit behind the same people or in front of the same people every Sunday. And we know a few right around us, but it varies, you know, because people run in to grab their seat and they don't always grab the same seat. So what I did, I got the names of, um, I don't know, 16 people sitting around us and their contact information. And I sent out a text to them 
and inviting them for brunch the following Sunday. Mm. So John and I had the house all set up and ready. They all responded, yes, they'd love to come. And I thought, you know what, we'll all meet each other because yeah. we're all sitting in proximity with each other. So they all came. I'm not kidding you. We could hardly pry them out of their seats to leave because there was conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There was sharing. Mm. People were listening. We had one of our friends dress up like a chef and he was the waffle chef. <laughs> so <laughs> we made it fun for everybody. Yeah. So that's how we got a group of uh, well, we didn't know if they were believers or not, because not every that goes to church is a believer. But I'll tell you, it was an encouraging time. Now, those women that came to the tea that I didn't know, mm -hmm. I was speaking at uh, an organization uh, called the Decorating Divas. And they had invited me to speak through a Bible study that I had taught a year ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the women asked me to speak to a group in her home. And then one of the women in that group said, and I gave my testimony. If I speak, I give my testimony, whether they're, they want to hear it or not. So uh, she, uh, she said, called me and said, would you come to Decorating Divas? I love the ideas you shared. Well, this was an organization of 500 women. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yippee. <laughs> so I said, sure. And then uh, while I was, when I went, I thought, what can I do to make it personal? So what I did was I gave away a tea to eight women mm. and they drew the names or they drew one name is how they did it. And she invited eight friends. Now I'd never met these people. They came for this gift of a tea mm. and that's how I met them all. So uh, God was at work there. And I, I got a call from another lady. I haven't called her back yet. I hope she doesn't want another tea like I did. <laughs> so Ruth, let me ask you something. You know, you have talked a whole lot, which is so exciting. And I think I'm so sorry. inspiring. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it like in that. In a good way. Finish my sentence. In a good way. You've talked a lot about, let me put that word in there. I missed that word. That would be good. <laughs> I, you've talked a lot about how you're ministering and how you transition and how God's given you new opportunities. Um, as we end, we're going to kind of do some ending questions here, but I want to turn it just a minute and flip things around a little bit and just talk about you personally. So I, I, I'm, you know, I know you have to have struggles yourself personally. So uh, obviously, we're not asking you to bear your soul uh, on a podcast. Um, but are there areas in your life that you've struggled with personally that are different now than maybe what they, they that, that they were in the past? And and how do you how do you how do you go through those times that of difficulty now as a woman who is older? Okay, boy, that's a really hard question. You know, it's hard to ask positive people those kind of questions. Mm -hmm. because yeah. <laughs> we have to think really deeply uh, to figure out uh, what disappointments in life. Uh, probably uh, one of my uh, difficult areas would be I have a son and three grandchildren that live uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we can't get out to see them. Mm -hmm. So I would say being separated from family that you love and that mm -hmm. you want, we have a 
I've got a desire to impact those three grandchildren out there for Jesus, and I can't do it. It's very hard. You can't. They're young. It's hard to do on FaceTime or whatever. So that would be one difficulty is being separated from my uh, close family or from my son and his and his family. That's difficult. We get out there maybe once a year. And that's difficult. I think another difficulty, and maybe uh, not so much for me, but that I see down here, is your life. You slow down. You can't do what you did before. And I, I do see that somewhat. I get tired more easily, uh, physically tired. But uh, uh, God's God's given me good health. So I would say health. Now my husband struggles. He's got uh, pulmonary fibrosis. And that's a struggle for both of us because it's a struggle for him. So I think if you don't have those physical uh, issues uh, and your mate does, you have to be present for them. And you can't make it about you. You have to take care of them and give up things that you would like to do. So um, I guess that's not a very good answer to what you're looking for. No, it is. It's a good answer. Because, yeah, I, I think, you know, people do struggle and they're like, OK, how do you how does somebody else handle some of the things that maybe I'm struggling with? So it's good. Yeah. yeah. Or again, these type of again, Ruth, these type of conversations when somebody in their 50s and 60s are like, this is what's coming. Those those um, moments of honesty and transparency are like, oh, yeah, I remember somebody telling me that. So it's not going to be such a shock. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. And I just think that's. Thank you so much for for being uh, just transparent with with that. And, you know, and and those are um, those are some things that we all need to be looking toward. And 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 again, that's the point of these whole conversations is let's not let's work together in community and not surprise. Let's not be isolated. And so we're taken by surprise. Uh, with mm-hmm. something. We're going to end today with some just fun, quick little question, uh, little questions um, that we call them little rapid fires. We just want, you can just answer quickly. And uh, I'll start out with just what's your favorite movie? It can be a past favorite movie, or it can be your favorite movie right now. Movie. We were just talking about this. We had a big group over here the other night sitting around the table and we were all telling what our first movie was. Yeah. Oh gosh. I can't tell you my, uh, a fun a current movie that I just saw uh, about a month or so ago was uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And I yeah, see that. yeah, darling little movie, just adorable. So I wouldn't say that's my favorite one, but mm-hmm. that is currently one of my, the ones. And there's no nothing current that's any good to see anyway. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll go with Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. <laughs> All right. So here's another one. If you're going to get sit down and or maybe go out, either whatever you prefer, but your favorite meal, like if you were to pick, this is my favorite meal. What is it? Seafood. Seafood. Very good. Yeah. Well, you moved to the right place then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the, our last question that we always ask everybody is, what is the one thing that keeps you rooted deep? Okay, I think probably, boy, well, I've got my scriptures, you know, I've got my verses that uh, I cling to from God's word. Um, and I think of Psalm 90, verse 17, let the beauty of the Lord God be shown in my life. And uh, that's not an exact quote, but as this is another thing that goes bad, your mind. 
Okay. Oh, no, that's <laughs> Write good. it all down. No, no that's, that's good. good. To realize, just to know that we can be beautiful at any age, physically and inside, mm -hmm. inside our hearts and minds. And physical beauty changes, but if you keep a smile on your face all the time, you're going to stay physically beautiful, approachable to other people. And I can't remember what in the heck that question was. You asked me, but that's what I, that's what I answered. So, oh, what, how was I rooted deeply? Mm -hmm. Sharing, sharing my love for God and all he's done for me. Guys, I look at my life and he's blessed me so many ways. I have no reason to complain. Mm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Ruth. This has been delightful just to have a conversation with you, to hear how, how you're doing things. It's also, I think a little bit like, okay, convicting, like, all right, maybe there's some things I should be doing. Um, so for those of you listening out there and you're thinking, man, you know, maybe uh, I, I need to repurpose some things. Maybe I need to think about how ways I can still be a, an effective ministry, uh, how I can still go at it and get the, some things done until Jesus returns. Hopefully you've been encouraged and inspired today uh, by these words that Ruth has shared with us. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, we are excited about continuing as we walk through these decades. We've got one more decade conversation uh, for the 80s. And I'm excited to hear about what that perspective would be as well. So thanks a whole lot for joining us today on Rooted Deep. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.